Hello and welcome to another episode of the All About Valley podcast. This podcast is sponsored by KO Financial, specialists in mortgages and protecting your family's finances. Whether you're looking for the best mortgage for you or want to make sure you and your family aren't struggling if you are seriously ill or pass away, call KO Financial on 0141 447 0290 or email advice at kofinancial.co.uk for more information. This week we are joined by Caroline Milne, who is a personal trainer and focuses on mindset and helping her clients in the long term. I really enjoyed this discussion and the way in which she has developed herself and helping other people was really inspiring to me and I really think there will be a lot to take from it. We speak on the current situation with the gyms and lockdown and keeping fit and active during this kind of difficult time. She also has her own podcast, Coaching with Caroline Extras, which is, which is on Spotify, iTunes and YouTube as well. So check that out and it's definitely worth watching. I took a lot from it. I really enjoyed our discussion and I think you will too. So yeah, enjoy. Okay, so I'm here with Caroline. How are you doing today, Caroline? Hi, Kieran. I'm perfect. Thank you so much for, for having me. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I've been really looking forward to this. I think uh, we have a lot in common and, and CS is the same way, so it'll be interesting to see your point of view on some things and see where we, where we get to. Shout out to Colin Campbell for putting us in touch as well. Networker. Yeah, he's done, uh, done wonderfully well too. And it's taken us a while to set this up, but I'm, I'm glad that we are good to go and that we're now kind of getting getting down into the nitty gritty and um, you have some really good guests on the last couple of weeks and months and firstly apologies I don't have a an Olympic gold medal I don't I haven't done anything for my country I haven't published a book so actually if anyone has a crazy imposter syndrome and is am I allowed to swear on this am I, if I'm shitting myself right now that's probably why oh <laughs> uh, well <laughs> That that's probably the most complimentary thing anyone's ever said at the start of a podcast so far. So I appreciate that. But you very much fit into what the podcast is about, and it's a, it's very much a pleasure to have you, of course. And um, we just spoke there before recording this, and I think I think a lot of the things we touched on were really I found you, the way of putting it was quite because I think a lot of personal trainers, right? They they they, they speak about these things. But it's not, it's very much not in a way that connects with clients. And you seem to have this rapport with your clients where they, they, they stay for the long term. Why do you think that actually is? Oh, why do I think that is? I think, and I would like to think, I might be completely wrong. And actually, my clients are probably better placed to talk about this than I am. But I like to think that I've got a couple more years behind me, shall we say, than um perhaps people that are starting off in the industry and maybe we'll go into this but I had a whole other career before this and I think perhaps that's equipped me with one a little bit of life experience but also I very much understand that fitness isn't the be-all and end-all for all of my clients it's always been my job and my role and my objective to weave their fitness goals and their you know their health goals around what I understand are busy careers family lives um you know all these other things in real life um and 
I think that perhaps sometimes that I don't have this, you know, cut and dry, you must eat chicken, rice, broccoli a couple of times a day, you must be in the gym six days a week, you must be like, you know, I don't really have that with my clients. And I think perhaps that makes, you know, me a little bit more relatable, maybe makes, you know, things a little bit easier, maybe just a little bit more human, maybe that's all it is. Yeah. I think that's it's missing a lot, a lot in training. But this idea that you say where you have to be a specific diet or a specific routine, and if you if you edge out of that in any way, you're it's lost. And that to me doesn't seem like a very long term plan. You know, um, focusing on mindset and things like that is where the growth comes from. But what actually got you into that side of things? Why is that important to you? And you talked about the career you had before. What made you switch into what you're doing now? <laughs> Where do we start? The other, do you know what's funny? I, so I host a podcast, but I've never actually done this the other way around. And people always tell me that the intro part where you have to talk about like what you know, how you got to where you are, et cetera, is the hardest bit. And I think that's probably true. Um, I actually I have an architecture degree from the Macintosh School of Architecture. So Glasgow is very much what I would consider my my home city. I spent so much flipping time there. So I did my degree in architecture, worked in Glasgow, in London, then laterally in Vancouver, switched from architecture to interior design work. So that was my my kind of go-to for a while. Worked out in Canada, loved that. Um, What was going on? I was doing a I suppose the gym has always been my escapism really it really did offer that it was you know long hours at uni it was a lot of time sitting at a desk it was you know all nighters every week stressful stressful time I think most students experience that but architects seem to burden themselves with more of that than I believe they need to but that's a totally other different topic but anyway the gym used to be a little bit of escape for me you know I'd go into the studio earlier in the morning I'd get a couple of hours done I would escape to the gym you know 11 12 o'clock I'd go back for the afternoon session I you know I might go to the gym on the way home and it, it just offered me this escapism and like physical moving of my body don't get me wrong for the first five years I was doing it horrifically I was running on the treadmill and doing all these like you know just the stuff the mistakes you all make when you're starting off in the gym I hope that that's in a wider conversation I hope that helps fast track my clients a lot more but um anyway that was kind of my background and then it's just always really offered me a backbone it's always been something I've been interested in whether I've been you know photo shoot dieting so you know going quite extreme with it or whether I've just been doing it from a health perspective it's varied in intensity over time um but anyway how did I actually get into it I was doing a photo shoot cut at the time when I was in Canada and just for various reasons, I'm one of these people that's quite irritating about knowledge. Like I like to know stuff and I wasn't entirely sure about the knowledge that I was being equipped with. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to take this into my own hands. And why wouldn't I just, you know, do my PT qualification? If nothing else, I'll just equip myself with a little bit more know-how and maybe I'll pick up a few tips and it'll be great. I'll just do it. So I'm doing this photo shoot cut. I'm training to be a PT in Canada with a UK company. So I was getting up at five to do the webinars, to then go to my real job, to then study over my lunch break, to then go to the gym. You know, it was just a big mashup and it was just a big, like, you know, it was, it was pretty full on. 
So what happened after that? Then actually I got made redundant. So it was very much last one in, first one out situation in the design firm. I was the last one in, so off I went. And I find myself over there without a job. And if anyone's been to Vancouver, it's like, it's London prices. Like it's it's not cheap. So I was like, oh crap, right? Okay, I'm going to have to do something about this. And to be honest, the first thing, first thing I did was drink quite a lot of wine. And then once I got myself together, I thought, right, okay, well, you've been forced into this. Why not just make a go of it? Honestly, just like what's stopping you? Um, Nothing now. So I kind of pulled my socks up. I had a couple of weeks left of my qualification, got that under my belt and literally just threw myself into online coaching. And it's not the way that I would recommend anyone do it. I don't believe that you should online coach before you have worked in a gym, but that wasn't really an option for me um, at the time. So I threw myself into online coaching and really haven't haven't looked back. Ended up coming back to Scotland. So I'm now based in Dundee. Um, continued to online coach the whole time. Started in the gym, actually not too far away from here. I think I got off the flight went for the interview straight away and then started like the next week it was a bit of a whirlwind and then obviously yeah started up there everything was going well then covid hit that's a whole other situation and then back online and now back in the gym and now half my clients are back online again like it's been a crazy old a crazy old year but I was listening to the the podcast that you did recently with um with Gavin Oates about kind of career change and about throwing yourself into things and a lot of what he said really really resonated with me and was very similar to the kind of feelings that I had at the time of do you know what there's never a perfect time and would I have been brave enough to do it on my own had I not been pushed I don't know so you know there's a blessing in in all of that and I, I wouldn't change it for anything now and I couldn't now imagine doing anything else really I'd never go back to it that's quite an amazing journey you've had to, I mean You've, it sounds like you've always been really busy and really sort of active with in terms of actually always just on the move and doing something you're never really stopping oh my god to my detriment I'm taking three weeks off this Christmas and I'm really 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 gonna try and take some holiday because <laughs> I've just got one of these like annoying yeah one of these kind of type a will go 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 and then crash <laughs> so this is a uh, two from them um, personal point of view something I really have to work on and I am working on it but if anyone has ever started a business or you know pursuing a venture like that you, you want to give everything like it's not really a it's, it's a non-negotiable and to be honest you put everything you've got into it because you, you love it and you really really do and maybe it's really cliche to say but I never felt like it was work and only recently you know the whole COVID thing has been quite testing for everyone in the fitness industry it's been testing for everyone and do you know what it is a little bit of time to take a tiny step back and have a look at the year in review but yeah so I'm looking forward to that but generally yes it's all it's all pretty go-go in this camp I won't lie. Now you mentioned COVID now right and as you were talking about online coaching it made me think online coaching is perfect for this scenario in a way of, of when when everything's kind of unsure you know, we still do everything you want to do online. And so there are differences, but you're you're starting to kind of see in your situation right now, it's a big big benefit. Absolutely. And I'll be completely honest. 
everything for online was already set up for me. So when COVID hit, it was really just a case of moving all the girls onto an online capacity. And I already had that kind of, so really it was, it was great. The only thing, I mean, everyone was hit by the initial, you know, setback and it was, it was challenging trying to keep everyone kind of morale high, everyone upbeat. And that was the biggest hurdle really, but we did it so well. Like we did challenges, uh, you know, in groups, uh, Facebook groups and four week challenges. And some of the girls got the best results of the whole year over that COVID period because we, some of us didn't have any distractions. Like if you were furloughed and the weather was nice and why wouldn't you go out for a walk and you know be training outside and doing all these things. And then eventually when the restrictions were lifted slightly, I got them out with, you know, we literally, I went to QuickFit, asked them for a load of like spare tires that were lying around the garage and I got the girls out onto the football field and we were doing outdoor boot camps. Like, you made it work because one what else were you going to do and it's my responsibility to be you know offering these opportunities to be staying mentally and physically active and you know keep mood high and we all know the benefits of exercise and movement not just physically but it was really everyone's chance to kind of step I felt it was really personal trainers chance to step up to the play and you know do the job that we should be doing and okay it's easy when you've got a fully equipped gym and it's not going to rain on you yeah it's harder when everyone's feeling shit and you're the one that's got to be like right come on let's go well that's that's what you're there for that's a real kind of leadership quality that you showed that as well isn't it? in terms of like stand up and saying we still need to, you know things are on hold but it's still you know day to day you've still got to get the work in and get the progress in and a lot of growth can be accomplished in isolation as well um so much growth if you and also another thing gavin oates mentioned there's a, the legacy who wrote it the book um about the all blacks i actually read that during lockdown and that was a big kick like being like right okay you need to step up here and this is what you uh, what you should be doing no definitely i couldn't agree more you talked about how everyone knows the benefits of exercise, yeah. But it would appear the government. We <laughs> <laughs> may need to write a strongly worded email to both Boris and Nicola. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> it would appear they don't, they don't seem to know the benefits entirely. I mean, it, the facts show that exercise helps decrease the benchmark by 30%. And there's a bunch of facts out there, but... That's something that I really want to focus on because, well, throughout this whole process, I think you've seen people really struggling with their mental health and, and I think the lack of gym, the lack of access to gyms can play a big part in that. But why do you think there's such a hes- hesitancy to make gyms an essential service? Well, for one thing, I feel very, I actually feel very, very guilty because I'm sitting here in Dundee and my gym is open. Um, So I know in Glasgow that is not the case. Um, And I have had moments this week where I've been in the gym and I have genuinely thought, I am so, so fortunate. It is, it's really hammered home to me. A lot of my clients are Glasgow based, um, Edinburgh, some down in, uh, in England and their gyms are about to open, but they have been put back into home workouts and I have genuinely sat in my gym the last few days and thought I am really really lucky and 
I, it is somewhere that I go for escapism. It's somewhere that I go for, even though I work there, um, I train and uh, work in the same place, but it's it's different. It just offers me that, that space. The hesitancy to open them, to be honest, I would be, I'm not going to claim that I'm any kind of expert about it. I think because there is that lack of evidence across the board, it's a kind of let's play it safe situation, isn't it? Like, let's just keep everything, you know, it can't do any harm to keep them closed. Well, actually, I thoroughly dispute that. Um, you know what, this time they have kind of said it's going to be shorter. So in some ways, I'm like, okay, let's count our blessings. It looks as though it's going to be a couple of weeks as opposed to this extended lockdown. But I don't think they are, I don't think there's, they're definitely not helping um, the situation by closing them. Um, but I'm not going to go ahead and say I'm an expert into why, you know, mm. it should be, it's just, you know. It's, it's, it's a difficult subject because, you know, COVID is a very new thing. And it is, you know, it's, it's not like there was a book you could read on how to handle this situation. Mm. Um, but I do agree in the sense of what you're saying there with their reasoning being sort of, very like there could be no harm done in trying it. It's, it's a very sort of surface level reasoning without really knowing much about why you would, why you wouldn't want to do that. And my biggest thing would be COVID in and of itself, based on what the science of how when you look at the percentage of people that get it and the way in which they get it, less than what one percent of the cases come from gyms, and there's been. I heard a statistic of, you know, something like 30 plus million gym users since COVID started going to gyms and there's been less than 1% of the cases from there. And then you look at, you know, the effects it had on mental health and things like that. But also COVID in itself is a health crisis based on the fact that a lot of the people that do, you know, get it and suffer from it, have a pre-existing condition or have had a less like sort of healthy lifestyle. You barely see people like yourself or Colin Campbell getting COVID and he got it. No, he was in isolation. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the thing, you're totally right. If you are healthy to the extent whereby it just it will affect you less, you'll be able to shake it off like you would any kind of you'd hope any kind of viral infection or that because you as a healthy individual have a higher immunity have a, that you should really be be able to shake these things off mm. what i would also say as well my comment would be if you're feeling a little bit sick do you think you're really going to go to the gym just do you really feel like going to the gym it's not really your first port of call is it like if i'm feeling a little bit oh i can't be arse like i'm probably and you know i'm not going to then go for a really really heavy leg day i'm probably <laughs> going to take a rest day that day and i might see if i'm feeling better tomorrow like it's just not the kind of natural thing and i think you know when people go to gyms what do they what do they think we do like if anyone comes too near me in a gym in a normal capacity i'm a bit like oh like why are you why are you so close <laughs> like do you know yeah. whereas it's just not, I don't know. I think our gym in particular, maybe I'm biased, but they've been so good. They've completely stepped up to the play in terms of the hygiene. In we're very fortunate. We've got a really big space, a big airy kind of, imagine a massive warehouse kind of space. So by the nature of it, it's light, it's bright, it's airy. It, and they've just really gone, I believe, above and beyond when it comes to the, the cleaning um, and keeping on top of that and making sure that everyone feels comfortable and you know hats off to them because 
it's it's been a pleasure really to be in there. You know, I've been to two gyms and I've had the same experience, so they've been really on the ball and really making sure that everything's in place. But I do want to say that I don't mean to belittle anyone that struggles from COVID. I, really, I know that it's a real thing, it's a serious thing, it's, and it's affected a lot of people. I know this, especially because a lot of my friends are, are higher risk with different conditions and through, you know, different wheelchair football and different sports like that. So it is something that's affecting people's lives very, very much so. But my point is more so that wouldn't this be the perfect time for the government and people like that in leadership positions to emphasise health? And, 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 you know, we're talking about vaccines and all that, which is great, which is needed for, for, for the people that I've spoken about, like that are, more, that, that are more exposed and more likely to get it, regardless of any fitness level. That is a real thing as well. But in terms of our overall population, like there's been no information as to being healthy, like living a healthier lifestyle, being more active, you know, these kind of things. It's a time to really push as to why that is important. It's not just to look good on Instagram. <laughs> you know, it's 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 an overall lifestyle, and I feel as though they've kind of missed the opportunity to sort of emphasise that as much as they could have done. And what do you do? You do you see that as something that maybe doesn't get pushed enough? The idea of actually what you could do as an individual to be more healthy. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Actually, um, I suppose as well, it feeds very well into. We talked about this just before we jumped on the call. My approach to coaching generally, ladies, and I work predominantly with working professional females, I should probably say as well, um, mainly because it's, it's what I know, it's what I was, so I, I stay in my life in that regard. So when women come to me, and don't get me wrong, a lot of the time it is for aesthetic reasons, and it is for, you know, particularly younger clients, anyone under 25, it'll be I want this bum from Instagram. I want, you know, this, these abs that I've seen online. Like it, it does happen, it does happen. What I tend to find though, is that once you scratch the surface of the aesthetic goals, there are generally more deep rooted ones underneath there. And those are the ones that I'm actually interested in. Whether it be the most common thing that you'll hear after the aesthetic goals is that, oh my God, I have so much more energy or, I feel so much more confident or you know my relationship is so much better and I'm so like and I don't I suppose what I'm approaching this at is more from a, a holistic point of view in that yes I do believe the fitness industry by its nature is always going to have this surface level of aesthetics of course it is but very very quickly you find that the the layers below um, of things like the confidence of the health of the you know improved energy to be around your other half better sex life better relationships with your friends happier when you go out like these things are they come very very quickly and the aesthetics tend to then take a back seat and actually the way that you present yourself and the way that you feel the way that your body is moving the way that you you're fueled becomes so much more important and from yes from a health perspective we do need to focus on that a little bit more. Um, and I think it comes though. I think it's one of these things that once you your mindset changes to, okay, I'm not going to hire this trainer and in four weeks I'm going to be shredded. We work a lot on the mindset kind of thing. We work on, you know, 
why do people want to get in shape? What's going on there? You know, the deeper rooted side of things. Um, I'm quite holistic in my approach to that. And generally speaking, I'll work with women for, you know, they come to me thinking it's going to be a couple of weeks and then they're still here a year later. It tends to be how it works. It's, it's so important because everything, everything you said that everything you're doing is almost a different look at it and a better sort of way of looking the long term way of actually seeking the results is because there's this, there seems to be this sort of misinterpretation that the gym is about the aesthetics like you say but it's but isn't the way you feel the shouldn't that be the priority and you know shouldn't there be more information about how you the benefits of the mind and why it's you know, exercise and feeling positive and not being depressed do go hand in hand. And I, there are different levels to depression, different levels to mental health, obviously, where um, you're not just going to go to the gym and everything's going to be fine after that. But it's, it's a matter of recognising and encouraging these things that people can do that would, would allow that sort of healthier, happier lifestyle. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. I think the gym, let's use the gym as an example, is I prefer to think of it as more of a tool in a tool belt of things that you could equip yourself with to combat against issues regarding mental health. Now, I'm going to be really, really careful because mental health and anxiety, depression, all these things can be completely different depending on you know the spectrum in terms of who you're talking to or to the degree in which they, they you may experience this so I'm going to be really really careful but what I would say is that the way I like to think about it is building up almost a really really good relationship with yourself whereby you start to learn and understand what works for you specifically and I'll refer back to that tool kit or the tool belt whereby exercise might be one portion of you know something that you know is going to work for you maybe another another instrument might be going for a walk during the day maybe another one might be improving your eating habits maybe another one might be absorbing yourself in a podcast or a book or something that takes you completely out of the situation another one might be walking your dog but what I would like to think and what I like to encourage people to do is build up this toolkit of options and when it comes to points where you might be feeling a little bit lower where you might not be feeling yourself choose the one that's most appropriate but to do that you need to build this relationship with yourself where you know what works for you and that's about being completely honest and about saying like you know I accept that I have these periods of you know ups and downs peaks and troughs or that maybe last time when this happened this made me feel a lot better Um, last time when this happened this was what I did and really call upon that and I think it's you know maybe this is a little bit controversial I think people are quite quick to say oh you know if something's wrong go and open up to someone else and go and you know go and talk about it and yeah I think that is a really good way to deal with it but I also think you have to have a degree of right okay I need to pull myself out of this a little bit and this is what I'm going to do about it and having these kind of options to hand um I think makes you quite mentally tough, but that's yeah. perhaps, maybe that doesn't work well, for everyone. I will say this, I agree with you 100%. And the reason why is because I think there's 
I'm about to actually release like a post for a future podcast of myself just talking about some things. And one of the reasons behind that was there was some times where I had done all the treat, like I'd been to therapy, I had got into antidepressants and stuff, and I was doing everything everybody was telling me to do and talking to everybody. Um, but still not, still feeling like I was still the same. And it was still a problem there. And I didn't really understand why. And it was mainly because of the fact that I hadn't really had that conversation with myself quite yet. You know, so you can reach out and it's important to reach out, of course. But you also need to figure out what is it that's actually going on in here? Why, you know, what is it that I'm not talking to myself about and not, not addressing? Uh, there are like, you talk about kind of being honest with yourself. There's nothing harder than being honest about deep-rooted feelings you have that you don't like about yourself that you need to kind of address. And that's where the sort of, I think that's where the kind of problems come is, is, is you're not encouraged to say, you know, everybody wants to pretend that everything's good all the time and that you don't have these problems, but life is full of these things. And you need to be able to, if you're feeling something that's really not good, you need to be able to look it in the face and address it. And nobody else can really do that for you, even though talking does help. You still need to do it yourself, anyway. So even though it can be slightly controversial, I hope that makes it less controversial for people. Well, it does actually. It makes, I suppose I always think that kind of like a, a lone wolf scenario whereby like I'm like, I will start this out myself kind of thing. I don't, I'm not saying that that's the right thing to do. I think you should always have a supportive mm-hmm. network, but it should be that. It should be that support for what you are trying to to do almost on your own. Um, What I would say is sometimes parenting yourself is a big one for me. So if you feel shit, if you, you know, look at yourself and you're like, you know what, I don't feel mentally focused at work. I don't feel, ask yourself, have you gone outside in the last few days? Have you eaten crap for the last few days? Have you moved your body? Have you, you know, be honest and just say like how is your sleep how are all of these things like if you're staying up to four o'clock in the morning watching netflix and you turn around to me like this as a trainer and you tell me you're not feeling that great and go well you know tick the key boxes first don't kind of you know cover yourself parent yourself and just say like am i actually doing all that i can do to put myself in the best position here if not get it sorted and maybe that does sound a little bit oh my god i'm so bad I'm actually not this bad cop. Like, I'm actually not. I'm so, like, normally, I'm so kind of like, okay, let's talk about this. But actually, do you know what? Sometimes you do just need that little bit of, right, what am I doing? Am I doing all that I can do? If not, sort it. It's very true because, you know, um, like, these things like sleep, you know, sleep is something that's very not... um, emphasize too much is an important thing when really it's like Colin said it best I thought he said it was like sleeping's like a superpower that people don't realize <laughs> you know yeah. nothing's better than when you get a good sleep oh so attracts, clients will ask me oh what supplements should I take what um exercise should I be doing what this what that and I'm like sleep honestly like you know yourself if you've had a couple of days kind of off kilter if you know your sleep's been disrupted for whatever reason you are not the same person in the morning like it's so true your dieting decisions are skewed you're probably a little bit cranky you make decisions fairly rashly it's just it's 
it's known and this is all it's all been proven like give yourself the best setup and just get off to sleep put the phone down don't even have it in the room do all the things that you should do that are boring that your mum would tell you to. like I often say that like I don't mean to sound like your mum but but it's so true these are basic things that but the the positives and the the benefits that you will reap from doing them are just well for me have always always outweighed the the slightly boring thing of putting your phone off at half nine. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it seems as if it seems as if like people that's not really out there though as much. Like if I wasn't doing a podcast and I wasn't in the gym and didn't really know much about this side of things, I wouldn't know anything about that. Um, and it seems like that's people aren't putting that kind of information out there enough where it's in terms of the mainstream where you go these things like sleep and, and being off your phone and working on your, yourself and what makes you tick, you know, in terms of like, you're talking about what works for you, discover, it's, all, it's all about actually figuring out more about yourself um, beyond the sort of surface level. And 100%. Yeah. I had, um, I've actually had, um, my clients are probably bored of me talking about this, but I did a podcast recently and I've done a couple of posts about the no notification lifestyle. So like turning all the notifications off your phone, whether that be, you know, Instagram, my WhatsApp now doesn't make a noise. I, uh, some texts come through because my mum would freak out, but everything else is off. So my phone essentially makes no noise apart from a couple of texts and an alarm in the morning. And that's it. And you know the amount of people that have come up to me in the gym, like not even my clients, and I've said, I listened to that, I've done this, and this is, you know, the biggest change that, that I've made. And this isn't fitness related. This is turning off the notifications on your phone and the impacts on anxiety, the impacts on like your distraction, your workflow during the day is just, it increases tenfold if you just turn off all of the stuff on your phone. And what you're also saying about, um, you know, stuff that's not necessarily to do with fitness. I had a coaching call with a client a couple of weeks ago and it, she was having kind of big problems with work in terms of like, you know, workload and taking on too much and feeling anxious, not having any time in the day. Now we do fitness coaching calls to talk about their training and their nutrition, but how on earth can I start talking about rep ranges and macros and all these things when her actual anxiety and, you know, her time management is not in a place that's going to allow her to actually focus on these things. So we have to then look at the wider picture of, okay, well, how do we structure your day a little bit more? How do we carve out time in the day for you to be getting your steps in? There's literally no point in me adding additional pressure of talking about calories and aesthetic goals when you are so, you know, caught up in what's going on. How on earth could you concentrate on that? Like that's, and that's where I think, a different kind of side of coaching is sometimes needed that again is not to do purely with the aesthetic is that is such a really good point because you're not your head's not in it you're not and you're not really you don't really care about your form and the squat and stuff like that if you're if you're not um thinking about why you're doing it what you're doing it for what is it you know what is your whole idea of what you're trying to accomplish here so it's definitely important subject and I think things like anxiety are becoming a lot more prevalent with especially in gyms and, and these things it, now with the COVID thing people are going to be a lot more anxious to even get involved in the gym and um, we spoke about social media right and and how that has had kind of an effect on 
how people body image and the way people see themselves and these kind of goals that are just not fitting to what they necessarily need or or for them to feel the best way they can feel doesn't suit the way they want to look. And do you think social media has had a big part to play in sort of the, the rise in anxiety and, and body image and things like that? 100, 100%, 100%. I think what's unfortunately happened as well with the COVID situation is naturally people have found themselves with slightly more, much more time on their hands. What do we do with more time on our hands? We pick up our phone and we scroll. And unfortunately, what I think happens is we then start to fixate, particularly if you already have a kind of niggling thought in the back of your head. I don't know, it might be um, my thighs look a little bit big. So obviously what you what you think expands, like what are you then going to notice when you scroll through social media? Oh, she's got great thighs. My thighs don't look like that. Why do my thighs not look like that? How do I get thighs that look like that? It's just this constant stream of this narrative that just is incessantly played. And I think it drives people absolutely insane. So I think, yes, is does it play a part? Yeah, it doesn't help that we have more time on our hands. I also think, and this goes back to my previous point, I don't think we help ourselves. Like we don't help ourselves with the amount of time that we personally spend on on apps like that. Like I've tried to be a little bit more, it's, it's affected me personally. So do something about it. Social media goes off on a Saturday afternoon. It doesn't come back on till Monday morning. I hide or don't follow accounts that I know trigger me for various reasons. Um, it's just... And I'm also actually just quite a crap consumer of other people's content. So I'll put something on and tend to just <laughs> tend to just leave it and try not and scroll through. If I'm doing something that, you know, waiting in a queue or on a trip, okay, that's a, an okay time, I think, to be spending time. But I, I just don't think that, you know, if you are already in that headspace, why do you think that's going to help? It, it's not. So mm. don't yourself in a position where it's going to make you feel worse again okay it doesn't help but it can't be blamed completely yeah yeah I, I i do agree and the thing is as well is one of the issues in this particular area for me was noticing that you know addictive personalities and the reason why i say that is for me <laughs> i've got the i've definitely got an addictive personality um, and so it's like you, I didn't really notice it, but I remember like last year or something, I was on my phone and I came up my phone, you've been on your phone for 10 plus hours this week. And you and you read and, you, and you're like, what? That's a long time to be on your phone. Um, I think it's, so you put, when I said that, you put your hand up as if to say, I know exactly what you're talking about. So how do you manage manage that sort of addictive personality and, and, and making sure that it doesn't necessarily... Because I had a long time where I was getting into the thing of, you know, you get used to that sort of rush of... It's hard to, it's a hard thing to explain, but the, the idea of like, you know, notifications and checking your likes and how does this angle look and what are you know what I mean? And loving this sort of... I wanted to put out this false idea of what you actually are like, but just because you like getting the notifications and you like getting the, the that feeling. And so do you see that as something that 
doesn't really get addressed as much. The like the sort of addict, addictive personalities are a thing, and people and how how to manage that isn't really something that gets spoke about much. Oh, 100 percent I think it needs to be something that they teach in schools. But I would actually preface this all by saying that I think social media is fantastic for so many things. Like basically, I run my business through my phone and through my yeah. laptop. I could essentially run my business through my phone and laptop. The amount of people that it's allowed me to connect with uh, positively, who geographically I would have no way of being in contact with. I mean, the fact that we're doing this podcast is because, you know, we were connected through someone else who I was connected through, through a group of friends, but not through the through the gym, through social media. It's all just, yeah. in, I've just come off a an hour and a half call um, to help me with my business with someone that I connected with. It's just over like the pros well outweigh the cons it's I, so I will say that yeah. what I would say though when it comes to that is and how I manage it is to be although I do self-confess think I have quite an addictive personality I'm also quite disciplined in that I will set rules for myself and rules that are non-negotiables so okay you can go on your phone if you have done this by this time like if you get to the gym 15 minutes before your session you can go on Instagram for those 15 minutes before your session starts you this is the kind of talk that I will give myself like you can do this if you do this you can and it's it keeps me in check and practical things as well like just keep it out of your arm like keep it out of arm's reach like I say turn everything off you don't need to address all of that right now know yourself really well like if you are going to sit on it just delete the app off your phone for an afternoon like it just, it's not going anywhere literally it's not going anywhere um but yeah i do think we need to be we need to learn more about this like this should be yeah subjects in schools we should be talking about how you know this is affecting god knows how this is going to affect i've got a godson and goddaughter who are you know nine and or eleven and nine or whatever age i should know that my god um, but do you know what I mean? Like, what's it going to be like for them in three, four, five years' time? Yeah. What's and that—that's a scary thought. Yeah, no, it's totally, you're totally right. And because I just remember coming to school not having any real clue of, of the way I was feeling or why I was kind of addicted to things so easily. So you just kind of come out and you and with the Scottish culture, you sort of dive into alcohol and dive into drugs and, and quite early as well. Um, and you don't know, but nobody, like you say, education-wise, it's not really something that you spoke about in terms of this is why you shouldn't do this, um, and this is what these are the these are these are the good ways you can figure out how to manage yourself, things like that, sort of personal development side of things. But we spoke about off before we recorded about the about gyms and, and your work with. You were saying how you most of your work with women clients. Now, what is it? So we're talking about like accessibility gyms, and I was making the comparison of, you know, women-only gyms, and how that's something I've sort of recently dived into and seen a lot of women women-only gyms that are really seem really cool and energetic. And in my sort of research, I was reading some things. I mean, you know, what, what, why is so? Why are women 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 only gyms a thing, so to speak? Why is that the sort of became a thing? And there was a story this woman told in an article where it was about how she was in the gym and there's this guy, there's this there was this guy that was wanting to come over and help help her check her form or something, but she was like she knew everyone was fine with it, and but 
He was quite a big guy and he was quite intimidating. So she was just let him anyway. Um, and then and then she was talking about that feeling of just feeling as like you have to and get, you know, so her instinctive feeling was wanting to tell me to fuck off. <laughs> because she just shut out and he and he's getting right up on her face and all that. And then she speaks about the comparison between going to a gym where it's just purely women and, and the different energy and the, the the better level of comfort to be herself and work out that she felt. Do you see that as like a thing that that that, that, that um could become more prevalent as we go on women on the gyms and what kind of benefits do you see from that? I think this is a big topic, actually. And do you know what? I will be completely honest. I have been to a women's gym. Now, this is, it doesn't even exist anymore. But when I was at uni, if you in Glasgow at all, there used to be, before Pure Gym Bath Street was open, there used to be a female-only fitness first on Sucky Hall Street. Now, the only reason I went there was because it was so close to uni, as in it was literally the next street away from my university and it was more a case of okay well if I join this gym I absolutely have to go like there's there's no and it was it was the first female gym I'd ever been to to be honest I I don't now I'm thinking about it I don't remember it being any different to any other gym that I've been in before obviously there's only females there but the feeling of it like I don't remember feeling particularly at ease there I don't remember feeling particularly you know it was it was just a gym but then perhaps maybe I've always just thought you know I'm just going to mm-hmm. to the gym but I mean I, I enjoyed it as a space um, I fully understand that there are not just female only gyms now there are female only sections in more commercial gyms so the other gym in Dundee has a, a female only section whereby it's essentially as I believe a room off to the to the side where they have various kit in there when one of my clients sent me a video of the kit that was available in there I kind of rolled my eyes because it's got all the things that you would expect that females would need like something to hip thrust um, an abductor like all these things that I just thought oh like of course that's what's in there um which you know, I suppose in one hand it's great that it's there, but also I was just like, you know, what, how do you characterize what girls want to train when they're in there? To be honest, I think there's two sides of this coin though. I think, again, oh God, I'm going to sound like I'm being so harsh again. I think there's two sides to this. One, I think, yes, there can be a degree of intimidation in, and I'm talking about commercial gyms. I think there can be a degree of intimidation from male members that they need to address for various reasons. But two, I do think women put glass ceilings on themselves in terms of what they think they can achieve or what they think they should be doing in a gym setting. Now, I understand both sides of it. Men, by their nature, I think, particularly, I'm just thinking of some guys in our gym, they are huge. Now, no matter what they were doing, like it would, they're just going to be intimidating just by their stature and just by, you know, what they're doing in the gym. Perhaps, you know, they're working incredibly hard. The noise has come out, you know, the old, like that, it just happens. That kind of behavior, I don't think can really be helped. And they're not really doing anything other than just getting on with their workouts. However, there are men who I believe go out of their way to intimidate women now this is only again I love the gym that I work in it's one of the friendliest places I've ever been in 
I was asked to move by a male member. Um, you know, you're doing hip thrusts on the floor, you're in kind of a compromising position as it is, to be a member of staff there and be asked to move by a male member with a group of friends was a little bit, I just did it because I didn't know what else to do, um, to, if I'm completely honest, because it's not something that I'm normally faced with and also not something that would normally bother me. But I do remember thinking, wait, hold on here. So I do think there's things that men just, especially when they're in groups, need to just be a little bit aware of their presence. Maybe they're not doing anything particularly, maybe they're just, but think about it. If your girlfriend, sister, you know, wife, whatever, would you want them feeling in any way intimidated in the space that they were in? Probably not. So just maybe kind of keep in check your own, you know, the way that you are in the gym. But equally, I don't think that women give themselves enough credit for one, what they're capable of doing in the gym. Um, and they shouldn't just feel as if they have to stay in the functional area and pick five kilogram dumbbells off the ground and just move. Like, I do think that it's a knowledge thing. If you're not sure about what you're doing or you're not confident enough, get a trainer for a couple of sessions, make sure that you're equipped with the knowledge. Um, but yeah, I don't think that women need to feel as though they can't do anything. Um, or that there's nothing in the gym that they shouldn't be doing. There's nothing that a guy does in the gym that you wouldn't be able or shouldn't be doing. Um, it's just about knowing how to go about how to go about doing that. You know, I completely understand what you're saying there when you say about how you're going into the, the functional area and they have the, the same sort of bits of equipment that you, you kind of, you're thinking, oh, I can't do, I think they're, they're only what allow me to do a certain particular mm -hmm. type of workout but do you know and and when you when you talk about women sort of limit, limiting themselves to those sort of things and not saying I can do these things it's not I'm allowed to do whatever I want, want to do in the gym but do you not think that that's kind of because of the social kind of construct that we built around what the image that's portrayed about what you're supposed to look like and what you know it's, it's as if you can't if you a woman is it's not is it's, it's strange to go in and do bicep curls rather than doing squats. You know what I mean? It's that I feel like that issue. Like I totally get what you're saying in terms of them limiting themselves, which makes sense. But also, I also think that that's maybe possibly built in from what they're told they're supposed to be rather than allowing to express yourself fully to figure out what it is you actually want to do. Yeah. I don't, and I don't know if that makes sense entirely, but... The only reason I'm kind of laughing is because, like, it is, it's like you go into... And what I will say as well, in, we're really fortunate where we are. Our particular weights area is not in any way... It doesn't have any barriers around it, which I think is one of the most, um, like, it's, it's amazing. It's fully open plan. You can walk over to it. It has a different floor, which might put people off, but it doesn't have this, like, physical barrier whereby you have to enter a specific weights room. And I'll go ahead and say that I think the actual layout and the design does play a part. Like, I've been in gyms before where you essentially have to go down into a rabbit hole that is the weights room. Everyone sees you walk in, and I get why that would be a little bit intimidating. So we're really, really lucky where we are. Um, even then the girls will sometimes refer to it as the boys bit or oh I don't know if I can go over there meaning the bit where all the plate loaded kit is and all the bench presses are and squat racks 
that's essentially what they mean but it takes generally speaking it takes one pt session of like kind of one visit over to the squat rack to break down that barrier it doesn't take a lot and you know the the sense of accomplishment they get once you know we've gone over there and you know they've squatted something heavier than the you know 20 key uh, kg pre-weighted barbell in the functional area like that feeling of accomplishment and the look that they have is is amazing but going back to what you said do I think that yes I think that there's a definite you're a female therefore you squat and you do hip thrusts I will be honest I probably bicep curl and do more press-ups in a week than I do any kind of lower body work probably to my detriment but it's because I mean you can say it's personal preference you can say it's I do think that females are scared to train upper body I do think they're perhaps a, a look that people go for I, I like a very muscular physique and when I mean muscular I mean like all over but that's personal preference that's a you know I would never force that on someone and yeah. if that's not your goals it's not your goals but that's the point the point really is that you're not you're, you're almost not encouraged to focus on what your personal preference is and more so what you with the box the box is supposed to be in type of thing yeah do you know what actually in practice tends to happen is that women will take a, a kind of approach to training they'll start to see some muscle development on their upper body and they will love it and they want to do more that's generally how it works they think that they want to do squats all the time they do like a couple of shoulder days and go oh look at this and then suddenly you know so but that's about, you know finding your own path and not having something dictated to you about what you should want we spoke about this before, like, do people actually want what they see or do they think that they want it because of good marketing? They're two different things. Exactly. exactly. And it's all comes from the image that mainstream media puts out there. Now, I, I want to be clear for anyone listening, that the fellow thinking, he's not a woman, what is he talking about? He doesn't, <laughs> but, but I think... A lot of the feelings of what we spoke about just then, the reason why I, I feel aware of them is, is through disability and through being a wheelchair user. Just because the, there's, diff, there's different feelings, but, oh, sorry, sorry, different experiences, but similar feelings. Um, in the sense of like, when I first went into a gym, for example, it was, I remember I was doing, I did, I did some push ups, I came off the chair. And I was in the push-ups on my knees and then did, did some back rolls. And then I looked around and all, all of a sudden a wee crowd scattered. Like four or five people just watching me do it. And they're like, and I'm like, can I help you with something? Um, so it's this sort of idea of we're kind of also put in this box of it's weird that he's even here, he shouldn't be able to do it and this stuff. And, and also when you talked about setting yourself, like women setting themselves limitations, I would say the same thing for disabled people. And I only say disabled people because it's the term that's used that everyone knows about, but it's not something I necessarily agree with. Um, because it's like, you know, the podcast is all about ability, which is basically a dig at the fact that disability, in my mind, <clears throat> it doesn't really exist. It's more a social, it's more to do with the accessibility than it is to do with the physical disability and that comes back to the point of women where it's about the access to the fitness and saying we don't have to just do squats and hip thrusts it can be whatever we want it to be um, 
And I, I, I relate to the fact that women gems are there because for me, it's like this idea of like thinking to myself, well, I, there was times, there's been times where I have felt uncomfortable in gyms where I feel like people are watching me and 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 the the they're scared in case I drop something or they look at me as if I'm like a wee uh, bambi or something, you know. Well, it when that crowd, like when you people gathered around when you're on the battles, how did that make you feel? I didn't really know how to feel. It was my first. It was my first workout ever. I'd never done anything. Um, God, <laughs> and that happens. Yeah, it was really. Also, do you know as well, right? You go in and nothing's really set for you. It, there was like this look of I'm not going to name the gym or anything because I don't want to put anyone down. That's not what it's about. But there was this look from the trainers and everybody when I came in that was like, "Oh my God, what are we going to do with this guy?" This is, this is, you know, it was the overall access to the equipment and things like that wasn't, I needed help. And um, I didn't know anything about fitness or what to do. So I just got off the chair and started doing bodyweight stuff and just grabbing weights and shoving them about and lifting things and hoping that that would do the trick and just sort of learn as it went on. Um, but there was this sort of feeling of, you kind of, I shouldn't be here. <laughs> you know. Um, Can I make comments about that? I would honestly think it would be, and this is just from the way I would see it as a, as a trainer, I don't think personally that that has anything to do or would have had anything to do with you at all. I would think it would be a lack of confidence from the trainer's perspective, purely because they won't have been equipped or they won't know enough to, or have the experience to have had someone um with a display or who uses a chair before it's just not something that is touched on enough in in the courses the other thing I think is yeah it's a confidence thing they won't have known um they won't have known um how to make those adaptations and can I be completely blunt as well a lot wouldn't have had the balls or the creativity to perhaps approach you and say listen I've never done this before but I'd love to learn more would you be willing to let me help you and, and that's the thing that I would love to see a little bit more. The second thing that I was going to say when we agreed, well, when we discussed that we were going to do this, obviously I've been in the gym a little bit more the last little while and I've been thinking about us jumping on this podcast. There was a guy the other day in the gym. Oh, I'm sure I can say this. Eh? He was doing med ball slams and he had a prosthetic arm um, and he was doing med ball slams in the gym. And I could not stop staring but in a way that I was just like, oh my God, that is the most amazing thing that I have honestly I've ever seen. And I really wanted to go and like I wanted to go and say, like, what but what do you say? Like, do you say that's amazing that you can do that? Like that's it's just it's it seems so they equally don't stare because you don't want to make it seem as though, but I just I was honestly just transfixed. Yeah. I was just like, that is the most we've also got, I think two guys that have prosthetic legs. Um yeah I don't think and you mentioned about the equipment as well this is actually something that comes up for me more with clients who are particularly short so what you often find is that well if you think about it any of the equipment in any commercial gym is meant to fit you know me but also a six foot four you know 100k male so there's always going to be discrepancies in terms of how 
to use the equipment there's always ways around it but again I think it comes down to creativity like obviously safety but I think people just need to be a little bit more willing to think outside the box and I think that goes from you know females to disability to anyone who who's using a gym exactly exactly and you know that thing you're talking about about look you you kind of you kind of sort of in all by it because you don't really you're like that's amazing that he's doing that. That was something that I can't kind of enjoy. But as you were talking about how women sort of set limitations for themselves as to what they can do and 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 they put into this sort of like I said before box of what they should be doing. That is something that I feel like disabled people also need to take an account of. We we need to put ourselves more out there, and and and. It's, I don't think it's necessarily anyone meant it in a bad way, but it's just such a lack of awareness or a, a lack of, I've never seen this before. I don't usually see that kind of thing. But my kind of sort of question that I'm shouting for the rooftops to the world is, why don't you see it? And how can we make this more like sort of normalised, for lack of a better word, where it's like you, you see these people more often doing these things? What would you want trainers to do more of? What would you want? Like, I'm asking, like, actually, yeah. asking for my, but what would you want to see more trainers doing in a gym capacity? That's a good question. I think for me, it would, from just a one to one, just ask questions. I know that you don't know, and the only way you're going to know is by asking the questions. And, and don't be afraid to ask the questions. We, you know, I've been in a wheelchair my whole life. And it's like, you know, people are like, I don't really want to ask this, but what is it? Why, why just ask the question? If you don't know, ask. And that's, like you say, it's about having the guts to say, I'm going to go and talk to this guy and figure out what it is he can. Because there are, you know, things that you need to adapt, right? Obviously. But it's just a matter of like, and then in terms of the actual gyms themselves, have space. And, 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 and also be approachable when, because a lot of people that, don't, that have disabilities that don't go to gyms is because of the fact that they, you know, you go into um, a gym and it's, it's, you can't get all the equipment you need yourself. So let's say you're in a manual chair and you're building the chair or you're, you're like myself in a power chair, and you try to steal the chair. It's hard to do that where we carry a dumbbell from here to here or, you know, yeah. things like that. So I would say be, ask questions and then be open and available for if I need a hand or something. Um, because that's, that, was, that was the biggest barrier for me at the start was definitely needing to ask for help and then reluctantly doing it and then getting this sort of reaction, this sort of like, Negative, you know, negative feeling from them that was like, oh, yeah, and you're going to do this to this guy, you know what I mean? and it's like having that sort of don't make me feel bad because I, because your job is not accessible, <laughs> you know. So it's, it's it's, but it doesn't. I don't think it ne- no anyone's necessarily been a bad person. It's more so the fact that it's not necessarily out there, and that's, and I and I feel I can feel like a lot of similar similarities between. What you said about women that set that limitation compared to the same people that set that limitation? I think as well, the more I suppose we are aware of it and the more 
you know, it's normalized and it's, it would be amazing to see more, you know, shapes and sizes and all sorts in the gym. I mean, you can even say that to people who are incredibly, incredibly overweight in the gym. I mean, I'm sure it must be a very, very uncomfortable feeling. Um, but if you think about the amount of guts that it takes for someone who, you know, they're trying to do something about it. It's the best place for them to be. And why shouldn't they be there? And I, I do always make sure that, you know, I'm at least appearing very open and approachable because that must be a very, very terrifying experience. And, you know, good on them for taking that step. And it's, it's you don't know why people go to the gym. People go for a number of different reasons. And, you know, it shouldn't be a different experience for anyone irrespective of um, you know what situation may be exactly but we see just saying that something came to my head which was when we were talking about how genetics and how women will have this thing where they, they'll see or guys as well where they'll see just a specific body image and they'll be like but, un, but it's not necessarily what's healthy for them but it's what they've been told is what looks healthy and for me, that is a big issue for any sort of disabled person where you, right away, because you're in a wheelchair, right away, no matter what shape you're in, you don't fit that image. You know what I mean? So it's, it's very like disheartening of, even if I get to the absolute peak physical condition, I won't look like that because I'm not gonna be able to run and I'm not gonna be able to do you know, X, Y, Z. And so that's like, this is this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm talking about before I got into the gym. This is the way I thought about it. This is kind of stopped me from starting doing it was was this idea that, that I am not, um, because I can't, this is maybe sort of a deep philosophical point, but the point is, is that I'm not complete because I can't walk or I'm not necessarily normal enough to achieve these goals. You know what I mean? So it's, sort of breaking down that idea of what what is what is image and why does it you know it doesn't really you don't have to have all the you know all the abilities like walking or, or hearing or seeing to be able to be considered normal i don't know if that made entirely sense there, but. Well, I think so. you know the main thing that i think about that is that it that comes down to i think external versus internal projection so what you think externally what's imposed on you versus internally how you develop as a person so you know you might say okay well uh, just even for instance like you might say okay well i'm i'm never gonna have a six-pack abs for instance but you might say but look how much flatter my stomach is compared to you know a year ago i'm just using that as an example but do you know what i mean like it's all about i think self-driven goals and you know you can say this perfect image but then you know what's the perfect image for you it doesn't it doesn't apply um you know it I'm never going to you know be this like massive ass like but it's just genetically it just doesn't work like I'm just not going to look like that Instagram girl so all I can do is say okay well how have I improved versus me a couple of weeks months a year ago and I think internalizing goal setting like that is so so important and again it comes back to what are you consuming what are you looking at um comparisons of thief of joy like all of these things like you need to just i think be really focused on what's important to you and not what everyone says you should be focused on exactly and also it's worth, worth pointing out the fact that i know plenty of people that can walk and run and and, and do all these things that are miserable 
Uh, I know people the most like the most measurable I've ever been is with a six pack. Legitimately, <laughs> like honestly, the smallest I've ever weighed is the most miserable I have ever ever been. Don't judge. Like Instagram's a highlight reel. Please, please remember that you don't know what's yeah. going on behind the scenes. Because you you have this idea of once I oh once I get that uh, like once I do enough squats and once I get the abs and once I you know. Or for me, when I was young, and I'm more of sort of, sort of uh, more for lack of a better word, unrealistic way. Once I can walk, I'll be totally fine. You know I mean? All these things. Once I get this, I'll be happy. It's not about that. It's about enjoying the process of getting to that point. And I actually, understanding why you're doing it. You know. Why you doing? Because the process doesn't end. It really, really doesn't end. And the thing is, and once that once you get to where you're going to go, you just move the goalposts. That's all it is. Like once you get there, they move. I think it's just accepting that and being like, okay, well, you are never going to get to the end point. So just you might as well just knuckle down and just enjoy it. Because well, so this year's been kind of an unusual, un- unpredictable kind of year. <laughs> and and you've obviously you've managed to maintain sort of a good routine and, and good way of thinking through it. What what would you say to people that are kind of maybe struggling the now with the gym being shut and keeping their routine? What's the number one thing that they need to focus on in terms of making sure they keep themselves on a level keel throughout this whole kind of turbulent time? Specifically in terms of routine? Or? Yeah. yeah, in terms of routine. Because I've met a lot of people that I've, I've been struggling with. Just the gyms are shut and... T- Takeaways are still open, and there's the public every, every every sort of social aspect. A lot of it is very, you know, you're closed off and not able to get there. So, as a any particular things you're doing right now that that, that would help if the gym's taking away from you in terms of like keeping that keeping yourself there. What would be the number one thing you would say to people? Well, anyone who knows me or knows anything about how I operate, I'm a big uh, 5am get up and go kind of person. I like the 5am start. And between five and six, I don't turn on my phone. I will, you know, read something personal development wise. I will read, then read something that's going to kind of further my business, whether that be, you know, something to do with muscle building or, you know, marketing or something like that. Um, that allows me to kind of set myself up for the day. Um, when it comes to, also fortunately, my gym is still open, which is it, which is amazing. But what I would say to people is, schedule your day as much as you can. So don't be leaving things to chance per se. I love Google calendars. Everything's always mapped out, and you know, I kind of admitted I'm a bit of a Type A personality. If you looked at my Google calendar, you'd think I was an absolute psychopath. Everything is blocked out in, you know, time stamps and programmed in. But because if it didn't happen that way, I would lose my actual mind. Keep structure, break things up, steps in the morning, steps in the afternoon, steps in the evening if you can. Get a workout in, program in a call with your friends to keep you accountable on those walks. Make sure that you're eating well, that you're factoring in time for meal prep. Basically, set yourself up with as much structure as you can to make sure that you're not just kind of floating along and expecting things to happen. Because the bottom line is that they just won't, to be honest. That's more from a practical point of view. From an emotional and kind of mindset side of things, I know we're not intending that it won't be as long this time, which is great. 
But what I would say is control the controllables. So certain things you just do not have any control over. So don't even try. You only have so much energy in the day. Like think of it like a pie chart. Like if you're my fitness pal user, think of it as like your pie chart. You only have so much energy in the day. Do not dedicate a big chunk of that pie chart to stuff that you have zero control over. Um, just put it to the back of your head and just concentrate on what you can do. Don't stress about whether, you know, so-and-so's wedding is going to be on in April and whether you have enough time to get dressed. Like, what? No, concentrate on today and what you can do to make yourself feel great today. And like I say, it's being a little bit honest with yourself, parenting yourself a little bit. If ordering five takeaways in the week is going to make you feel like shit, don't do it. But if, you know, organizing with your other half on a Friday night, you're going to eat something, you know, different you're gonna have a nice night you're gonna enjoy a glass of wine sit down watch tv relax do that but not if it's gonna make you feel awful by doing it every single night of the week is that sorry that was such a <laughs> that was, no that was a i thought that was a fantastic point to finish on to be honest and, and i loved what you said about controlling the you know control the controllables that's a great way of putting it because you, you do get caught up in the head you know like I'm always thinking I'm not. Oh, I need to do more. I need to do. I'm not. You know, but you you do need to focus on. It's great to focus on the future and what you want to achieve, and maybe reflect on the past and things you need to do better. But also, what about today? You know, today is important as well. Just oh, I've just finished reading the Power of Now, and it's like, and actually, I messaged Colin about this because I was like, "Have you read this? It's so unlike any kind of book that he would like. It's very like." concentrate on the being and the present and the and for someone myself included who is so like efficiency structure get loads done it's quite difficult to take a message like that on board because you find it very difficult to settle into like just enjoy the now because you're always thinking right what can I fit into now what can I fit into five minutes but it's a it's a good it's a very deep read so the power of now totally is a well, that, I'm, I'm, definitely, I'm definitely going to go on that. You just to say that my next book. Well, there you go. Have a read of it, but I would say read it with a very open mind, um, because it's quite a. It's about spiritual enlightenment, which is not something I thought I would be into at all. I like like systems and <laughs> efficiency, <laughs> but it's it's worth it. It's it's a challenge to think differently. Put it yeah, that way. Exactly. Have you ever read the book called? Seven Habits of Effective People. No. By um, Stephen R. Covey. No. That, get on that. You'll love that. I love that book. I, I've I, I've said this on so many different times in different podcasts and said that book has changed my life. Um, Stephen R. Covey, The Seven Habits of Effective People. I thought that was brilliant. Um, yeah, right now. Just now I am reading uh, Thinking Fast and Slow. Um why we sleep and 1984 so i can't concentrate on one thing at once it's all of them <laughs> different <laughs> books for different times of the day that's where that addictive personality comes into play in a good way <laughs> cost me a lot on amazon that's <laughs> exactly. this is i really i've got to say this has been really felt really easy and a really fun conversation so i really appreciate appreciate you coming on it's different to be on this side of it rather than doing being the one asking questions so thank you so much for having me i am um, yeah i felt as if there was so there's like 
I feel like I could talk to you about so many other things for lovers, but... Would you mind too? I'm sure we'll have it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I would love to do that. Um, so where can everybody find you, social media-wise and stuff? Where can you find me? You can find me on, I'm mostly active on Instagram. You can find me at coaching.with.caroline. So it's coaching with Caroline. Um, whereas I am on, my own podcast is called Coaching with Caroline, the Extras. And you can find that wherever you get your podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. What I always say to people, it started off as voice notes to clients. So all my clients will know I'm a big voice noter. Um, and it basically, they were getting too long. So I had to find somewhere to put them. And then basically that's expanded into getting people on, having chats, interviews, etc. So the first couple are just me chatting away. Thereafter, it gets a little bit more interesting. But yeah, you can find me there and you can find me mostly on Instagram as well. That is also, I would highly recommend listening to your podcast because it's, it's really informative. I've learned, I've learned a lot from it. So uh, I'm enjoying all the work you're doing. What, what actually, what I wanted to ask you as we're saying off here, what are your, you've obviously been doing this for a while and cheat a lot. Do you have anything in your mind where you go, I want to, I want to kind of, this is my plan to go on further. I want to do, have you got anything in your mind? Because I'm always thinking what's next, what's next for you in terms of developing? Um, in terms of development, I think, do you know what? I am looking forward to spending a couple of weeks, as I say, over Christmas taking stock. Like I have to, I have not stopped. I've not taken any time off since August 2019. Um, and I'm going to take some time this Christmas to take stock of the business, see where I'm at, how can I streamline things so I can help more women. There's only one of me, like I, I need to be able to make, you know, how can I help more people and still function as a human? Like you need to, that old thing of, you know, fix your own mask before helping someone else with theirs. Like, you know, you need to be firing at all cylinders and I want to be able to maintain that and keep doing what I do. Um, like I said, I love what I do and I just, I want to keep loving it. So to be honest, it's going to be a couple of weeks of taking stock and we're going to fire into January. Um, and yeah, do you know what? I'm really looking forward to next year. Hopefully this will, a lot of this will be behind us and I will get a full run at actually doing my job, which would be wonderful. Um, would be really, really great just to have some normality for, for a whole year. Yeah, I know. I think we all feel the same as that, for sure. And I actually really relate to what you were saying there about the whole, the whole kind of um, finding the right balance of things because in trying to help more people, because that, that's really what I'm trying to do with the podcast now. I've got to a point where I'm... Um, it's going well, but I'm like, how, I'm always thinking, how can I make, how can I get more people? How can I reach more people? And you are only one person as well, you know, like you say. Yeah. So you do need to be charged about it sometimes. Yeah. As much as you want to be kind of superhuman, you have to remember, and I always like, I have to keep saying this to myself: you are not a machine. Like, I think I can train seven days a week, sometimes twice a day, and you know, work with clients and run social media and do a podcast and a. You're gonna break. Like it's 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 not possible. Um, so this is something that I am personally working an awful lot more on is learning how to program in, you know, downtime, whatever that means. <laughs> very true, very true. Well, thank you, Callum. This has been great. I mean, thank you so much, Kim. We'll catch up really soon, okay? A reminder, this podcast is sponsored by Kale Financial, who are currently offering free wills for everyone, even if you're not a client. Don't be in the 60% of adults that are well. 
Call Cale Financial on 0141 447 0290 or email advice at kalefinancial.co.uk for more information. Hope you all enjoyed the episode. I found Caroline really easy to talk to and I think we covered a lot of different interesting subjects. I hope that people were able to take something from them. Next week, we'll be joined by Dan Haycock, professional basketball player, as well as nutritionist and online coach as, as well. So we covered a lot of different interesting things as well. So hopefully you find that a benefit. And he was a really cool guy to talk to. So I'll catch us next week. Have a good week. Hopefully things can open back up for us soon and we can all enjoy Christmas together. But who knows? Stay positive and uh, try and get as much done as you can. Thank you for listening.